Thank you for giving me your insight into my kingdom success. In Jesus' name, I pray expecting. Amen. Now say this with me. I am a believer of the word of God. I am an epistle of the spirit of God. I am a disciple of my man of God. I am a finder of the destiny path of God for my life. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank God for each and every one of you being here in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Take one second to, am I ready to talk to the media? In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just want to acknowledge those of you that are watching with us on Facebook Live. We certainly appreciate your presence in the house. We want you to know that uh, even though you're remote, that as you experience the difference of destiny with us here, that we consider you a part of our church family. So please, when you're in the area, always see if you can come by and see us at 1011 Hammond Avenue, and you'll you'll be welcomed, and you'll know that God is, has, has in touch and impacted your life. We're starting a new series today, so I'm praying that you will um, be blessed by these teachings. Of course, you can watch us both on Facebook, um, and then you can also watch us on um, YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and like our Facebook page. We just really believe that God is doing amazing things amongst us and that you'll be blessed by the word that you hear. Amen. All right. So we, we, um, we, we first of all, we wanted to do that, but we also wanted to acknowledge each and every one that was helpful in making our Destiny um, Forward Conference a success. Um, we were really blessed by that conference and about by everything that was done there and um, it was just a great time and I was so excited and I, I pray that your that uh, your your insights that you were blessed I'm gonna switch gentlemen hallelujah am I okay with, with this okay thank you um, and so I pray that uh, each and every one of you is blessed. I mean, I was really encouraged just to see, you know, three different speakers, three different perspectives, three different things here. Um, but each one was a, a little unique, but they all brought something that added value, right? Um, one of the things that we'll talk about in this series, and I won't necessarily get to it as much today as I do um, in, in um, next week's uh, time, but um, it's very important, the speakers or the preachers that you listen to. It's very, very important. And um, everybody doesn't specialize in everything, okay? Every pastor is like a general practitioner. It's like a general physician, right? You have a family. Anybody ever got a family doctor? Okay, and so they generally... Um, have to do things, make sure everything's okay, but they recognize that there's times when the specific issue you're dealing with, they don't have. And so they have to be wise enough to recognize that this is above their skill level, and it might not be the area that they specialized in. And because they haven't specialized in it, it's always wisdom it's always wisdom 
to uh, then go out and, uh, you know, know who the specialists are and then refer your patients. Don't let them get someplace where, you know, they're in a situation above your pay grade and above, you know, above, above the level that you can deal with. And then because it's an ego issue, you don't refer them out. I think that's one of the dumbest things that preachers do. Like we got everything. God won't give you everything. The Bible says that he, he tempers the body so that no one person can have it all. He won't let you have it all. God now, see, preachers won't tell you this, but I'm going to tell you something. God will not give me everything you need as a pastor. He won't do it. Nothing wrong with me. He tempers the body, 1 Corinthians 12 says, and he makes you need somebody else. So, Because if we thought we had it all, then we would be like, bump you. I got this. Deuces. But he makes us need somebody else so that we have to have fellowship and relationship for the thing to work. All right? So I, I recognize, you know, man, we do a lot of stuff over here, but Minister Leo, he has, he has a tribe of young people, and I need me some young people. Now, I'm glad for the ones I got, but I need me some more. And so I said, we can put some things together. And then he said, man, you know, I can get them saved, man, but I don't know how to take them on further. I said, well, I know how to do that. Okay, you got chocolate in my peanut butter. You got peanut butter in my chocolate. Let's put these two great things together. Let's get us a Reese's then. But the people that you hear, you need to make sure, like, I would, if I was dealing with the issue of sickness, I wouldn't sit up under a preacher that say, God, don't heal today. I just wouldn't do it. I just wouldn't do it. I, I wouldn't sit up somebody and listen over and over again. The thing that I need, I can't have because they don't believe it's for today. I just wouldn't do it. And so I recognize that one of my specialties in the body of Christ is to help people find destiny. And so the conference is really meant to be a time. Now, y'all hear this all the time. I know. Y'all think everybody knows this. Everybody don't know what you know. They don't even have a diet. I, I have to, I have to, I have to cut my messages down when I go other places because you know, now I know I, I slowed down. I, I used to be even faster than I am today, but I, you know, I done worked it out. Since Tammy used to come to me and talk to me like pastor, 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 you gonna have to slow that stuff down. Yes, ma'am. All right. Um, but also, not only have I slowed it down, you have picked up. And so I recognize that because you get a steady diet of this, you can eat stuff that I can't go in other houses. They can't eat as much as y'all. They be choking. Okay? They, they used to three points in a poem. Then they want to close, and then they get all of the preachers standing around taking pictures of them hooping and closing. And I'm not mad at them. I'm just saying your diet is a little more, you, you eat better than that. Okay. And, um, and so we brought that, that time together. And I just want you to know, regardless of how many, how many came and so on, I was appreciative of what everyone did to make our day success. And that the deposit that was made both in person for you that were here, the connections that were made is going to strengthen our city, and then the things that we're able to use technology to get the word out. So that it's not just one and done. We're going we're gonna to make sure we milk that thing. 
and then help other people to experience this because we want people to know, like, if you don't know your unique difference, you don't know why people should go past other people and patronize you. I tell, listen, there's a reason why you should drive past all the other churches in Flint and come see me. And I'm not, I'm not bashful about it because I know my assignment. Now, not everybody needs me. It's a body, right? A body has certain members that are connected, right? If my hand was connected to my head, you would say something was wrong with me, wouldn't you? So my, my hand has a certain set of members it's connected to, but it's not connected to every member. It's still a part of the body. So there are people that I respect, and then I don't even want to go to their churches. I don't want to go to their conferences. You know, I don't want to buy their tapes. I don't, they, don't, they just don't appeal to me. Then other people, I would travel across the city and halfway around the world, if I could, to spend time in their presence because I know I'm connected to them. So I just want you to be sensitive you know, and now you don't say that like we better. We're just fulfilling our assignment. God will put, see, because when you start, when you start to think you better, then God says, okay, I'm going to put something in them that you can't get until you get it from them. And then he feeds you a, a big helping of humble pie. So I don't ever say I'm better than somebody, but I know what I'm called to do. And I'm going to do the thing that he told me to do because I'm not going I'm not going to be doing your homework trying to get my A. I'm not doing that. You ever had one of them times you didn't listen to the teacher and they said do all the even problems and you did the odd ones and you still wanted them to give you some credit for it and they looking at you, that's not what I told you to do. So we have to do the thing that God has called us to do. But when we do that and believe that and walk that out, not only will we be blessed, but we'll have something in which to enrich the body of Christ. And so we want to be very confident of that. All right. You know, what I was planning to do today, um, last Sunday, I said this was going to be the last Sunday of our, uh, our series on intercessory prayer. And then... Um, the Lord interrupted my regularly scheduled program and said, okay, you, you, you done done that one enough. And then what he had me do was the thing that I was going to do in my last session, he had me do for men of destiny. So I have a handout outside from yesterday. So please um, get the handout and then go to the YouTube channel and watch it. Okay. So those are my two asks that you get the handout, you study it. And then go to the YouTube channel and watch it, right? Because there's some important information about, we took the scripture that talks about praying for kings and for all that are in authority. And I explained that you can't just pray for the ones you voted for and like. And you're not praying for them for their benefit. You're praying for them for your benefit. Okay. And so um, you need that information, but he told me to go on. So I'm going to just give you the homework like he told me to and, and trust that you're going to do it. Now, listen. Once I make it available to you, if you don't do the homework, heaven acts like you got it. So if something that you're missing that was in that homework, it's on you. You know, that's how they do it in college, right? Once I done assigned it, whether you go home, you just got to do you. You still going to get the grade based as if you did it. So you might as well go on and get your homework done. Okay. So please, that's some important information. And if you don't know it, you need it. Even if you've heard it before. The Lord gave us some insights. We were here, and there was some stuff in my notes, and then God freestyled above what I had wrote down. So I, I didn't know some of the stuff I said until I said it. 
all right? So let's please take the time to do that. Now let's talk about um, our series, and I'm going to take time, and I'm going to move a little slower today, so I may get through everything I got, and I may not. Um, unleashing the increase of faith. I'm doing this series in two parts. The first part is unleashing the increase of faith. And then the second part, well, let's talk about that. First of all, sometimes we jump to, to trying to believe God to get something without understanding how the believer works. All right? So before I start using my hammer to, to, to nail something, I want to spend some time just looking at the hammer itself. How does this work versus other tools? If you don't understand how a tool works, you'll misapply it or use it when something else should be used. That's what we're explaining. That's why we spend as much time talking about the different kinds of prayer. Because prayer, some people think one size fits all, and it doesn't. Okay, and so we want you to be aware. So we also are talking about faith. We want us to look, when we talk about unleashing the increase of faith, we want you to just understand the faith that God has given you, what it is, and how it works all by itself. And then once we spent time helping you to understand the tool that you have, because Romans 12 says, God has dealt to every man among you the measure of faith. So you got a tool called faith. Now, sometimes people say, man, I wish I could do what they did. Listen, okay, you see somebody ripped, you don't ask God to give you more muscles. You exercise the ones he already gave you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you can't look at what somebody else is able to do with their faith and then think, well, I'm going to just jump up and do what they did. Then you try to get you some spiritual steroids so you can pump and, and, and short circuit the process. And it don't work that way. Somebody's been developing their faith in an area in a long time. And then you're going to try to receive what they do. You might not be able to do it because you may not have been exercising the faith. There's nothing wrong with your faith. God gave you the measure of faith. So there's nothing wrong with what you got, but you may not have the exercise of it that that other person has, and you can't get the results that they do if you haven't spent that kind of time developing yourself in it that they have. You get under the bar and try to bench press like the person that's been working out for the last five years the first time. That thing come down on your neck. I did... <laughs> For the Clarence, I did that. I went out with the kids. You know, I was one of them boys. I mean, they, I was this little scrawny kid, right? And then I went with my boys to the gym. And they, man, they put that bar, they did that thing. And then I did it, and it was coming down on my neck. I'm like, you better get this thing. I'm going to get hurt. Wasn't nothing wrong with my muscles. They just had developed theirs. They had exercised theirs more. I was trying to lift something that was easy to them, but it wasn't easy to me. Wasn't nothing wrong with my muscles. They just weren't exercised. So we're going to look at the tool of faith by itself and help you understand some pieces of that. Then we're going to start talking about, okay, now this is how you start lifting stuff with it. That second part, that second series, second part of the same series is, say, is called experiencing increase through faith. But I don't want you to start trying to get the, the weight up until you figure out how your muscles work. Because <laughs> if not, 
You try to get something you can't carry, and that stuff come crashing down on your neck like it almost did me. Yeah, yeah. I'm your spotter. <laughs> I'm your spotter, right? You need somebody there to help you. Nah, bro. I'm going to help you out. Yeah, yeah, that's what. I'm your spotter. Nah, bro. You can, nah, let me just be there to pull that one off you before you hurt yourself. Yeah. You need somebody. See, and then we look at other people, and then we try to do what other people did, and we think because if we do the actions they did, that we're going to get the results that they did. One, one, one very prominent um, teacher in the Word of Faith movement talked about how he was in a meeting, and um, uh, a woman who had been developing her faith for her eyes to be healed, that in the middle of that service, her eyes got healed, and she tore up her glasses and was totally healed. Now, he hadn't been developing his faith, but he just tore up his glasses. And then he was trying to drive home, but he, I'm going to hurt somebody. <laughs> what was he? He was trying to lift something, but his muscles hadn't been developed for it. Just because, you ever heard of gym intimidation? You know what gym intimidation is? Like when you see them people and they're all walking in all buff and then you up there got to do your little weight. And they have to go, with that big weight. And then you up there, you, my daughter said, I don't like going to the gym because I like going when it's early because I don't want people to see how little weight I can lift. I'm like, bump them. It's your body. You better work your thing. I get over there and I ain't intimidated with none of them brothers. They talk about me. They said, they said, they said. <laughs> They were talking about my push-ups, Brother Clarence. They said, they said, they said, they said, you stick your neck out trying to get to the rest of the way to the ground. <laughs> These old dudes, man, they was calling me out, man. They was calling me out. Bump them. I'm the one. It's my body. If I take my time, I won't get there. See, you've got to take the time it takes for you to work your faith. You can't be grading. God, I wish I could get what so-and-so get. You ain't spent the time that they did. You got to walk at your own level. But if you work at your level and keep working it, you'll get to where God has for you, but you got to start where you are. You can't, you can't, you can't jump grades thinking you're going to do what somebody else does and try to get the results that they got. And you can't be mad because they got them. Right? So we're going to talk about this. And because this series is so important, you'll hear other voices. Because I want, just like last night, I want you to hear the perspectives of multiple people. But before I put them up, I'm going to make sure they got some testimony about how they faith done work. Last thing you want is a trainer who, he all flabby and stuff, didn't tell you how to get fit. Bruh, bruh, bruh. Bruh. No, 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 dog, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to somebody else. No, no that's straight. You know, you stay over there, okay? I mean, you, you know, I want, I want somebody to help me that look like they done done something. They, this ain't your first time in the gym. All right? So you want somebody who has something, right? And so we're going to have some other speakers, so you should expect that I'm not going to be the only voice in this because... What you're looking for is people who have practiced the process, worked it out, and then got to the point where they began to experience some result. That gives you credible confidence that if you 
follow the same process, you won't necessarily get the same results. You know, they always tell you, you know, everybody's experience is not the same. You ever seen those fine print at the bottom? They, this person lost 20,000 pounds. These results are not typical. <laughs> Every person is an individual. Consult your doctor before you try to do what they just did. So we, we're going to take some time to really talk you through this thing, but I want you to understand that whether you have developed them or not, you already have the muscle you need to move every problem in your world. Now, you, you, you may have to start out with the little weights. While you still got that big problem over there, you starting out with the little weights. Okay? But stay with it. Stay with it. Don't give up. Because if you give up, you're going to have to start back out off the little ways all over again. Don't you hate it? You was all doing good, right? I had a trainer. I had been working out from, like, June to, to May, and then my trainer got fired. Man, struggle's been real since then. Pastor been struggling. Pastor been struggling. I'm like, man, I got to get me. Why? Because that process was working for me. All right? And then I had a voice. Listen to me that I believed enough to exercise the process. And when that voice changed, my confidence in the process changed. Now my muscles are still there, but now I got to go back down, back to them little weights all over again. But some people's faith was like that. I tried this faith stuff. I tried to get out of debt. I tried, I tried, I tried. I just give up. Then, then you're going to have to repent. God don't have another way. Then he say, Okay, you got, let's go back to the little weights again. <laughs> Woo, that's good preaching. Yeah, it is good preaching because all of us have been there. All right, let me give you some objectives here for this, for this series. Number one, <clears throat> to review and elaborate on the basics of understanding the force of faith, how it works and how it doesn't work, and walking by faith. All right, so I want to first understand the basic understanding of faith as a force. Just like I need to know what a hammer can do before I start trying to build me a house, I just want to understand faith by itself, right? How it works, not, and not only how it works, but how it doesn't work. Because some people think they know how it works. Ever get those people, they get something home, and then um, they seen the pictures, but they don't want to read all the instructions? They try to put the bike together, but there's five screws left over, and then the kid come down the street riding like this. He ain't trying to be cool. He riding with a lean because the bike wasn't put together because they didn't read all the instructions. Some people try to work fake, but they don't read all the instructions, and then their life is like that too. How it works, how it doesn't work, and then how to walk by faith. Number two, to encourage you to examine faith as a toy now go back, go back. I haven't finished that. To encourage you to examine faith as a toy, a trial, a tool, a tactic, a technology, or a termination. That's the second point. For some people, faith is just something they play with. It's a toy. They're not serious about the process of what it takes for faith to work for them. It's a toy. For some people, it's a trial. I'm going to try this faith stuff out, and if it worked, then I'm going I'm to I'm I'm do whatever I was doing. 
God, I'm going to give you this much time. You don't come in by that time. I'm going to do what I know how to do. Usually what they know how to do is something fleshly. <laughs> if you don't come by this date, then I'm going to handle it myself. Sometimes people use faith like a tool. Right? A tool means I want X and I'm going to use this to get X. There's nothing bad with the tool's perspective of faith. But then um, a tool's perspective says that something's broken and now I need to fix it. Or there's something I need to do and I need to use this to get it done. Like, you know, I use a lawnmower because I want the grass to get cut and it's better than getting down there with scissors. Right? But once the grass, once I got whatever I want, then I can just, I put it back up in the closet. Right? So the tool has certain limitations to it. Thinking of faith as a technology. You know, I was talking to Minister John yesterday, and I was talking to him. I said, early on, I remember um, back in 2006 and 7, we were talking about all of the technologies existed for autonomous vehicles. We were just waiting for the software to wait to catch up, to pull it all together so it could happen real time. When we gave you um, lane departure warning and, and, and blind zone alert, and, and when we gave you uh, where you had park assist that showed you how close you was coming to cars or things that will help you get back in the lane, we were working on the technologies, but we had to wait till all of them came together to rise up to a specific level to move forward. Faith can be like that. Sometimes, you know, you have all the elements, but they're not all working together to get the thing you're believing for to come to pass. And it takes time to develop it. And you can't rush that process. You got to go through the development like we go through product development. And some of that is trial and error, right? Sometimes we think of it as a tactic. Okay, I'm going to try faith or this. But faith really don't work good if you got this or that. For the believer, faith has to be a part of everything that you do. But faith works best when it's a termination. That means I'm ride or die. You know, when they terminate you, that's the end. I'm going to stay in faith all the way to the end. My statement is, if I was on my deathbed and the doctors had given me, you know, a certain amount of time to live, the last thing that I would want to say before I went into heaven was, by his stripes, I'm healed. I want to go out like I don't have another plan B. This is the only way I live. I'm going to say this. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to act on it all the way to, even if it didn't come out like everybody had expected, this is the, this is the way that I live. Faith works best if it's a termination. This is it. Now, I don't have another way to live. And then the third part of that, going back to that list, is to enlighten levels of faith as described in Scripture and encourage self-examination to move you to spiritual acceleration in your purposeful faith development. I want to enlighten you that in Scriptures there are levels of faith. God gave you a measure, but how you deal with your measure determines how it grows. So there was people that had little faith, great faith, Weak faith, strong in faith, right? They were, right? Everybody in the gym got the same muscles. Don't, don't, don't act like, you know, man, you know. But some people have been more purposeful in their development, and so they have a different outcome. 
all right? So we're going to talk about that. And then to look you, examine yourself. There's scripture that, that we'll go through. Let a man examine himself to see if he's in the faith. You know, just like a, your doctor tells you self-exams are good. Yeah. The Bible tells you faith, yourself, self-examinations of your faith are also good. All right. Number four, to illuminate power keys and principles that I've learned in my own life and seen in the life of my mentors and spiritual leaders. All right. So there's things that I've learned about faith that really drive what I do. It's, you know, some of it's embedded into, you know, why I do what I do. And sometimes people can get um, irritated or um, when they don't know the logic behind what you do, then you, you become like a mystery, right? So yesterday, it was really important for me um, I was hoping everything was going to go on, and I prayed, and I set my faith, and called to all of these people, did all of that. And then it's like close to time, and all things hadn't come together, but I had to start because I wanted to start on time, right? Then I prayed, and then I was praying, but I was, I was praying but stalling, and then the Lord said, stop stalling. Call him up. Let's, keep, let's get this going, okay? He's talking to me about developing my faith for the thing that I want, but then following the right tools the right steps to get it done, right? So part of us is always trying to prepare for the thing you're believing for. Noah heard about it raining, so he prepared an ark. That's one of the things that I'm always like, if you believe for this, prepare before the opportunity comes. Don't wait and then get started. That's, a, that's, a, that's what I mean when I talk about things, power keys that I've learned. And then the last one is to embolden you to release your faith for the illogical, inconceivable, and what is naturally impossible, such that God is free to move in amazing ways to bring his purpose to pass in your situation. Just, man, I, I just want you to stretch yourself out to believe stuff that you don't even know how it could work. That don't even seem, that don't even make no sense. That's the kind of stuff I want you to be believing for. All right? Praise the Lord. Okay, so our scripture... First scripture I have for you, this is the series scripture. I'm not really going to deal with it, but I want to just introduce it so you know we're coming back here. I'm going to build you up to this scripture, and it's uh, Psalms chapter 45, part 1, um, part 1b. And it says, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. All right? So we're going to talk to you about the, how you use words to release faith. All right? But, I, but some people say stuff that they haven't, it's not because they're not saying the right words, but that's just like you getting under that big bar when you haven't built up. You want to say what they say and get what they got, but you haven't built your muscles up to get that. You can, you can, you can mouth off the same words, but that doesn't mean it's going to work the same way for you. All right? <clears throat> now let's look at 1 John 5, 1 through 5, and this is really the scripture that I want to just talk you through today, and then we'll close. And it says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot loves the one who gives birth, also loves him who is begotten of him. So if you love the father, you also love his children. 
By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. What commandments? The commandment that's talked about in 1 John is the commandment of love. It's not just every commandment. It's the commandment to love God and to love your brother. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Right? So when God is telling you and you, you believe him for something X, and he tells you, you need to forgive somebody over here. That, those things are not unrelated. Sometimes I'm praying for my money, and then he started talking to me about fixing my marriage. He's trying to answer your question. You're like, I'm not, try well, I'm not trying to talk to you about my marriage right now. I'm trying to get my money, honey. But he is answering your question. Why? Because the love of God, he's telling you that before we get down to the faith part, that love part got to be right. That's why he said, right, what, right after he gave him the faith command and praying in faith, then he says, and forgive somebody. <laughs> Those things, all that, no, he, he, didn't, he didn't change thoughts. That's the same thing. All right? Commandments are not burdensome. For, for whatsoever, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that, overcome, that has overcome the world, our faith. I like it the way the King James says, for this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Verse 5 says, who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So when we gave you that, um, that's the, uh, the prophetic handout at the beginning of the year, I gave, you, I, gave you one, I gave you a list of eight prophetic impressions. So this is the one prophetic impression that I'm talking about right now. And it says, God is turning the page on the difficulty of your past season. Let it go. It's over. Now use your tongue as the pen of a writer. Write. Call to the destiny God has shown you. Remember Mary and Zacharias. Will you doubt and delay or will you agree and see the salvation of our Lord? So it matters kind of the way you say that, right? You got that in your handout, but I just want to remind you that that's why I'm starting this is because um, we're going to teach you how to take the muscles you got and move the situations that you're dealing with, all right? So our core scripture describes several stages and levels in the process of faith. It first of all says, if you come, if you are, if you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and are born of God, then you are in the faith. In the faith means that you are a believer in Jesus Christ and a part of his family. But just because you are in the faith doesn't mean you are in faith in a specific situation that you're facing. You can be in the faith, meaning that if you die, you're going to go to heaven, but not be in faith when it comes to the fact that... Um, that you have a sickness issue that you're dealing with or a financial issue that you can't seem to get through. That doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. That just means you're having difficulty on bringing heaven down to the earth. All right? So that's why we want to understand the difference, the different pieces uh, about that, right? And so he talks about a person being in faith. He talked about them, you know, exercising the love of God. And then he begins to tell them um, about an amazing 
some amazing scriptures that, that have global overriding significance in every temptation, test, trial, circumstance, situation, and complication. The first statement is that inherent in the fact that I am born of God and walking in his, his family nature of love, I have already in me now the ability to overcome any and every temptation that this natural world system and its demonic overlord can throw at me. The critical component, the necessary ingredient, the secret sauce to my spiritual superiority over the world system is the master key called faith. Whatever the world throws at you, the muscle you got can lift it. If those muscles are exercised appropriately, he tells you, stop, stop walking in unforgiveness because you're weakening your own muscles. Stop getting mad. Now listen, we put up with stuff from other people that we don't put up with those that's close to us. We weaken in our own muscles. We nice to strangers, but then hell at home. None of y'all do that. None of y'all do that. None of y'all do that. That's the church down the street. But then we're weakening our own faith because we're not keeping the commandment of love. People hashtagging church hurt as if it gives them an option to check out a church. It doesn't. It doesn't. He told you it's a commandment to love the brothers. You don't even got to be perfect, and it's still a commandment. So what is faith? Okay, so there's a definition of faith. We're going to put it up on the screen. Let's hold it for a while. Faith is believing without sense realm evidence. So let's just take that one for a piece. Believing without anything manifested. Do you believe you receive I'm healed? Well, I still got this issue. Then you're not in faith yet. Because faith doesn't wait for the healing to manifest before it believes it has the healing. The bank account doesn't, doesn't determine whether or not you're rich. Faith believes that God gave me something, and if God gave it, I have it, even if it hasn't yet seen, shown up where other people can see it yet. It doesn't mean you don't want it to show up. It just means you're willing to wait the process all the way out until it shows up. But you believe he, he gave it, so you already have it, even until it gets here to the point where other people can see it. Does that make sense? Now, that's a simple statement, but I, I'm going slow, but that's a big deal. Because some people get in faith, and then, okay, I'm in faith for healing. And then when they get the doctor's report, they hold. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, your pastor is not trying to be dismissive of the challenge that you're facing. I'm trying to teach you how to use your muscle. I'm not saying that's not a real issue. I'm just trying to tell you, you can't let the doctor's report determine Whose report you going to believe? So you have to determine that. I can't decide that for you. And you can't let the doctor decide it for you either. All right? Believing without sense realm evidence. All right? The second thing we want to understand, it, it is agreeing and acting on divine promises until the power of those promises are displayed in open operation. Now, how long does that take? I don't know. I wish I did. 
I don't want to just know it for you. I want to know it for me. <laughs> I wish God would tell me how long it would take for me to get that. But I got to keep, how, how many times am I going to have to go into the gym before I can get, get the reps to do that big stuff? I don't know yet. The first time I go, I don't know. All right? I just got to stay with the process, believing that the process itself will produce the outcome that God promises. Then faith is agreeing with the truth of God's word until the power of that word changes my situations. That means there is some period of time where I'm calling it and it hasn't manifested. There's going to be some period of time where I talk faith and people look at my situation. What you doing? She just think, I, I, I'm out of debt. I happen to know I work at the bank. <laughs> you, you talking, Faye, but I have people, people, and see, the devil is a master. <laughs> Let me tell y'all a story. I was, see, now, preachers, if you're going to help people and teach them faith, you can't just talk about the stuff that works. Because then people think, they the only one have faith failure. Stop it. You're not the only one that done missed it. So um, I, was, uh, I was at work. It was a period of time I was, um, I, had a, I, was, I had a faith failure. And a faith failure was I thought that if I gave enough offerings and blew the rest of my money, that God would save me and get me out of the debt that I had got myself into through mismanagement. Now, God will get me out, but he was still, he was trying to teach me a lesson on how to be a good steward over the resources he had given me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some good preaching there. That's some good preaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, so that was my thing, but I, I was stuck in debt. Now I'm in trouble. And I'm God's man of faith and power, but I don't want to pick up the phone. Okay, see y'all trying to play me. I don't want to. I don't want to answer the phone. I don't know what to say to him. I mean, caller ID was a friend. <laughs> a very. <laughs> I had a word of knowledge. This is so and so on the phone, and I don't want to talk right now. But now, I got to go deal with the little weights and start dealing with some debt. So now, I can't believe that I'm, that I'm out of debt and not take action of integrity to move the debt that I got. Can't just hope God going to zap it away. Right? So I was, I was at work during the day and lunchtime, and I went in a conference room. And so when I'm at work, I have a certain kind of, there's a certain aura that I have. It's a certain way I talk. It's just a, there's a zone to it, right? It's a, it, there's a little bit of stagecraft in it, but this is just a certain way now that you got to just handle yourself when you handling business. And uh, so I was talking in my, I'm at work tone. And uh, I had to, like, for some reason, I was dealing with the, uh, uh, you know, them people that they sell the debt to? Not the people that you owe the debt, but the people they sell it to. Y'all know what I'm talking about, CC. 
I just want you to know your pastor done has some faith failures too. I just, I just don't want you to think you just there by yourself. And, uh, but I'm in the professor's home, but I can't seem to get the number. So I called emergency, uh, I called operator assistance and they said, Hey, um, who are you? And I gave the state and they said, what, what, who do you want to talk to? And I'm still talking professional. And I said, so-and-so credits agency and the operator busted out laughing on the phone. I felt some kind of way. I felt some kind of way because she thought I was all professional and I was, I had my professional tone. So clearly that the way I talked to her had set up a certain image. And the fact that I had to deal with these people, put a pin and just bust that thing all open. And she just busted out laughing on the phone at your pastor. I don't even know who she was to this day, but that thing felt me. I felt that one. That, that one, that one hurt. But when you're walking by faith, you can't let that stuff get in front of you. You can't let somebody gym intimidate you, baby. You got to get in there and push your little waist till you can push bigger ones. If you saw my text now, you wouldn't be laughing no more. But if I hadn't stayed in the gym and did what the Lord was telling me to do, I wouldn't be in the position that I am right now. I want you to know you got to stay agreeing with God's word until the truth of that word will change your situation. All right? So faith is trust. What do you rely on? Lean on and put your confidence in. When you get tough, what do you turn to? And are you your own God? Right? So sometimes we get in situations and we say we trust the God, but he's not the first thing we turn to. I know believers, they get in situations, man. You know, and they call themselves good Christians, man, but they, they'll, they'll sip and drip and dip and do other stuff to relieve their pain. I'm not mad at you. I'm not even saying you're not saved. Pastor, pastors don't say that. Right? I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I can't do that. I am saying that you aren't walking in the fullness of what's available to you as a believer, but I can't say you're not a believer. We just talked last night about how the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. So I'm not saying you're not a believer, but I'm telling you, we get in situations and then they reveal that we aren't as far as we thought we were. We say, I, you know, I surrender all to you, and then you find out that you are withholding something. <laughs> and then, and God has this uncanny ability to point past, get past all of the stuff you're doing right and find that one thing you're doing wrong. And he a call to that thing. Just when you thought you had it all going, he called to that one thing right there. Man, I thought I was better than this. I thought I was further along. And then there it is, bam, and now we got to deal with it. So we got to recognize how important it is when God begins, faith only works when your faith is in God. Jesus in Mark eleven twenty three 23 said, have faith in God. And if you're your own God, then you'll get in situations you can't get yourself off of because you're not a good God. Yeah. Okay. You're not good at being your own God. You're not good at it. I'm just saying. All right. So when God begins to deal with you about things, 
That doesn't mean, he's not doing it. He never does it to shame you. He always do, he's doing it to help you grow into the assignment and to the grace and to the maturity that he has for you. All right? Now let's look at this one. Faith is the ability to believe that desirable things which we hope for actually already exist and belong to us. Faith is the ability to believe that things you really desire, that they really do exist, and that they're already yours. Before you have them, you already have them. You know, we closed on our home, but after we closed on our home, they hadn't moved out. It's still my house, but they're in it. But I told everybody, we got a house. I'm not living in it, but I told them it was mine. They, they paying rent now, okay? But I, I told them, it's, it's my house. That's what it means when it says faith is the title deed to the thing you hope for. It's the title deed. That means it's already yours even if somebody's living in it. God told Joshua, I have given you Jericho. They were still, the Jerichoites were still in it. Okay? And so you have to understand that God gives you stuff and it's already yours. One, one last thing and then we're done. Let's get this last one. It's a long definition. We leave this one on the screen and, and we'll just let them, because I know some people want to get it all down. So I'm going to just talk you through this and then this is, this is it for today. Faith is the process equipment, and lifestyle provided by God. Let's stop there. Faith is process. There are steps that you must take. Faith is also equipment. It's something God has given you. So you don't ask if you're in a situation, God, I, I need some more faith. No, you don't need more faith. You need to, 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 to work the faith that you got until it can move that situation that you're talking about. And that may take time. But that's okay. Get in the gym and move your little ways, baby. And be proud of it and be happy and go home happy. Stop looking at people and see how big their muscles are and getting mad that your muscles aren't. Stop that. Take the equipment that you have and follow the process. Faith is also a lifestyle. Why is it a lifestyle? Because the scriptures tell us that the just shall live by faith. That means you can't just use it as a tool and put it on the shelf when you're done. If you, if you start it and stop it every time you get what you want, then your faith won't be developed as the person who treats it like it's a lifestyle. And every time you stop using it, it goes back. It doesn't just stay the same. It, it declines when you stop using it. One of the One of the parts of the process of faith is faith comes by hearing and hearing. If you stop hearing, faith stops coming. So if you're one of them people, I told my daughter, I said, listen, she's not here today because she went to another church, but I told her, I said, listen, dad, I just missed a Sunday. I said, I said you're missing a bunch of Sundays when you're back at school. You can't afford to miss 
church in the summertime. I said, what's wrong with you? you, you I, said, I, said, I said, there'll be times when it'll be difficult for you to do to get to church all the time, but you, you need to show up on some faith in the summertime. Then I told her, she's down in Ann Arbor looking for a church. I said, I said if you can't get here, you got to get to a church. So she's down there, and I'm going to check it out, make sure it's what it needs to be. I may have somebody preaching, and I'm down there going to see, was she getting fed? Is that serious? Because I need to make sure that her lifestyle is being maintained, even if she's not in my church. Does that make sense? It's that critical. It's like, okay, I mean, I give myself one week off when I'm, you know, on vacation and stuff, but you know, people that can go two and three weeks and not go to church, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I can't, I, I, I don't get it. I, 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 I ain't mad at you. Listen, you're not here because it makes me feel good. Now, it does make me feel good to see you, but you need this more than I need to see you. Right? So it's a process, it's equipment, it's a lifestyle provided by God, whereby the believer through a process of biblical belief, confession, and corresponding action. Let's stop there, all right? First of all, faith comes from God, and it only works when you're working with God, okay? Some people want to have, I, I want to, I believe God that he going to give me her husband. God not into that. So faith won't work that way, okay? Now, I'm telling you this because people try stuff like that. You know, this, that sounds funny, but I'm going to tell you, stuff happens. <laughs> when my nephew started learning about faith, about faith in the process, this, he started making confessions so I can hear. I believe uncle going to buy me a car. I said, that's not how faith works. <laughs> you can't believe for uncle to buy you a car. You can believe for God to give you a car. And if he wants to use uncle, then God and uncle can have that conversation. But uncle ain't taking it from you. Biblical belief. People believe stuff that the Bible don't support. I was in a faith school, and a short dude said, uh, I, believe, I believe God to be your height. And then I had to read him the scripture that says, which one of you by taking thought can add one inch to his height? said, that's not how faith works, because the Bible don't support it. People believe stuff, and then they just because they say it and they believe it, they think it should work. That's why I said it's a process of biblical belief. If what you're believing, Jesus can't say, I'm Jesus, I approve that message, it doesn't work. It's belief, then you have to confess it. You got to put it in your mouth. You got to say something. You can't be... Believing for healing and always confessing. Now, I'm not telling you don't go to the doctor and talk about what you're dealing with. How you doing? But you start pomothing everything and everybody because you want people to feel sorry for you. See, you can either be powerful or pitiful. You got to choose one. You can't be both. You can't be both. You got to choose one. And I'm not... This is not saying you don't have difficulty. Sometimes, you, <laughs> the faith teachers back in the day, um, they, they tried to keep the image up so they would leave town when they had to go to the doctor. Child, please, that's not what I'm talking about. 
they, they wanted to, the image of faith, not the actuality. See, I was the one when we would go to the seminars and stuff, and they would have like panels like we did. I was the one that was telling all my business. I got this problem, this problem, this problem. And everybody else said, he said, what? And everybody started looking at me funny. I say, bump them. You ain't got to live with my house. You ain't got to deal with the mess I'm dealing with. Once I get it fixed, I don't care what you think. People trying to look the part instead of being the part. Wearing gators when they need some Buster Browns. They frontin' instead of really going through the process and getting the result, then it's no longer a front. Take the steps. Stop letting people intimidate you. Stop, stop the gym intimidation. Stop it. Stop it. They don't live with you. They don't have to deal with what you deal with. Take the time to grow your faith at your level. Pastor, I wish I had with you. You don't even know what I have to deal with. Told people working at me, and then I let them in. I don't know if I can do that. Then you ain't ready to roll like I roll. You don't know the hell I go through. You know people that come for me. And I'm not even mad at people. I just try to tell them, listen, don't just, just think you're going to just jump up to somebody's level without going through what they went through to get it. Said, Jesus, we want to sit on your left hand and your right hand. Can you handle what I handle? Right? So biblical belief, confession, and this is where people stop, corresponding action. How do you act on the thing that you believe? And if you make a wrong action, you won't get the right result. I'm believing God, um, 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 you know, to get me out of debt, so I'm going to buy, I'm going to, uh, pay a bunch of debt, and then I'm going to get this so I can look like I'm out of debt. No, no, that's not the right action. Right? So you, you have to be careful that the Lord can show you the thing that you need, all right? Um, corresponding action to receive God's grace, precious promises, and pursued empowerments, not just barely enough, but in world overcoming quantities, because this is the victory that overcomes the world, in spite of opposition, situation, and setbacks. So the situations you face doesn't mean that your faith can't be growing. You have to decide that your faith is going to continue to grow no matter what's happening in you and around you. All right? And it, if I stay with this long enough, it enables heaven's influence to interrupt and overpower earth's problems. Come on, let's stand. Even with what you got today, don't you feel that you have more clarity? We, not even, we just started. But even with what we have today, you already are growing and beginning to think about your faith. Your faith is so precious that you have to protect it. You may have to get away from people that talk down what you believe in up. You, you may struggling in your marriage and then you got, you got some sister that they ain't even married 
then had a couple men, but can't keep none of them telling you, I wouldn't take that if I was you. You not me. I'm telling you, your faith is, is too precious. Listen, when you're in a situation, I was in a situation recently with Lady Nedra and um, I was on a plane, very small plane. I had a panic attack. And um, that's why you tell us all of this, because I want you to know this stuff really works. And it don't work if I give you the fake example. There's no power. The Holy Ghost turn it off his power. He like, I ain't behind that. That's the, that's the fake stuff. You got to tell him the real deal. I'm trying to calm myself down. I'm trying to calm myself down. I'm like, listen. We were taking a red-eye plane, so everybody sleep. And I'm feeling closed in. I want to get up and run up and down the aisles, but if I wake everybody out of a cold sleep, six foot two black man, somebody going to come grab me. I got to calm myself down, bruh. Get your act together. You better hold your, you better hold it together. So I had to start dealing with things. But then I realized if I'm having fear issues, I can't be going to scary movies. That's not going to help me. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm telling you, when you're dealing with certain issues, like <laughs> when, when Ruby was young, say long, long time ago. When Ruby was young, say long, long time ago. When we were having child custody issues, I couldn't watch the shows where the dad was getting abused for and the baby mamas. I couldn't watch them shows. I just, I turn them off. I can't. I can't. It would mess with my head. I can't. I already got my own problems. I can't be taking on their problems. I can't, I can't watch that stuff because it's not going to help my faith. I'm telling you, you working on stuff. You working on sickness. Don't be sitting there watching all of the, you know, Grey's Anatomy, watching people get cut and die, and you trying to believe to get healed. Stop it. Had a friend. You know, marriage was in problem. Every time... And his wife would stay at home every time she would watch Oprah. So I'm dating you. He would have hell when he hit the door. And it had nothing to do. I was working with him. If he was tripping on a job, I would know it. But every time she watched Oprah, he came in the house. She looking at him all sideways. Because faith comes by hearing whatever you hear. Your faith is so important. You're going to have to protect this thing if you really want it to do what it's designed to do. You can't let everybody. Listen, I'm very selective. Pastors have called me. Hey, I love to preach at your church. Nope. My schedule is free. It's going to stay free if you're looking to come to 1011. You ain't got what we need. I ain't having you over my people. I'm responsible for what they eat. I'm protecting you from some people. It's not that I think I'm perfect. I just know that what they feeding won't help the diet that we have developed in this place. 
but you have to be that same responsible. Some things in your environment won't help what you're asking God to do for you. And you have to self-select that that's not fit for our house. God has an amazing plan for each and every one of you. He put his plan together. We call that plan destiny. Before any problem, habit, mistake, or misfortune overtook your life. So often, we try to get things together on our own. And then say, once I get it together, Lord, I'm going to come to you. Reality is, you can't get together to own you can't get it together on your own that's why you must come to the lord so while all heads are bowed eyes are closed believers are praying if you'd like to make jesus christ the lord of your life it's very simple you just ask him you first of all got to believe something that he came died and rose again for you that his his death was sacrificial, meaning that the penalties that you deserve, he took on your behalf. He became the fall guy for your crimes. And when he rose again, because he paid that price, if you make him Lord and say you're going to live life according to his rules and ways of being and doing, then that process of making him Lord causes him to save you out of every situation that you're facing and dealing with. First of all, spiritually, you reconnect to God, and then he gives you principles to walk in and power to walk such that your life goes to a greater place. It's not easy. Sometimes we've oversold it like it's just a simple thing. I looked at my hands and they looked new and my feet and they did too. But listen, if your feet had corns before you got saved, they're going to have them after. It's not always everything changes overnight. But you will get to a better place. And you will take steps along the path of destiny and the path of life. If that's you and you want to believe that with me today. Would you just raise your hand and just show that to me? I just want to pray with you the prayer of faith, right? Even those of you that are online, I just want you to know that you can pray that and you can inbox us there at the church's Facebook page and we'll certainly follow with you as well. Second appeal is maybe you're not an unbeliever, but you've allowed hurts, hindrances, and habits to get in the way or the Lord dealt with you today about something. You know, you can be a functioning believer in one area and still be missing God in another area. Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, the Bible says he was blameless in terms of his holy living, but when he couldn't he couldn't believe God when God told him, this is the time that I'm going to answer the prayer you have prayed and give you the son. Sometimes we're, we're, we can see ourselves and say, you know what, I really need to work on my faith in these areas because I see God wants to do something more, and I'm not yet ready to receive that and walk in it. If that's you, just raise your hand. I just want to set my faith with you. I just want to agree with you. That doesn't make you bad. just means you just got challenges. That's okay. God's okay with you. All right? Thank you. See your hands. It is okay. I just want you to know you're okay. There's nothing wrong with you. Don't, you don't have to look at somebody else's situation with envy. As a preacher, I, I just tell you, I'm telling you my own stories. I'm going to tell on myself in this series. So if you, if I destroy the image you have of your pastor, you're going to have to get over it. I used to wish 
I was Kenneth Copeland's son. Oh, he white. Okay, Fred Price's son. Fred, Creflo Dollar's son. I felt like if I had a big daddy as a preacher, then the, the world would open up to me to do my ministry. And then I realized I am somebody's son. I'm a son of God. So I want you to know there's nothing wrong with you because of the challenges you face. That's why even though I'm praying with people to, to receive the Holy Spirit and to speak with other tongues, some people feel like, man, there's something wrong. Ain't nothing wrong with you. Some of these things, you're fighting unbelief. You're fighting all of that stuff that you've dealt with before. But there's nothing wrong with you. There are no spiritual birth defects. When you are born again, you are born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God that lives and abides forever. There's nothing wrong with you. Your muscles may not be exercised, but they can work, baby. Your stuff can work. And they can work for you in your situation. But at a certain point, you got to stop looking past what other people got and then start working with God with what you got to get what you're believing for. Right. So uh, let's 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 go there. I, I'm also um, wanted to, to, to give a chance. Those that's believing to be filled with the Holy Spirit or speak with other tongues. Would you raise your hand? I'm believing God in this area. And Pastor, I want you to keep believing with me because I'm believing in this series that we're going to get we're going to get you to the point. If there's any blockages or things that's holding you back, that we'll get through that and we'll, we'll teach you how to receive in that area. Anybody raise your hand? Just let me see it. In Jesus name. All right. And then the last one is. I'd love to be your man of God. The Lord's telling me that I should off, offer up myself and this church to be a place where people can come and grow to their destiny, that we can help you find the destiny path of God for your life. Because we are believing that we are doing something, raising up a light of spiritual, social, and economic empowerment that brings transformation, not only to the lives of the people, but to the region around us. If you want to get some information about membership, if you visitor here and want to do that just raise your hand and just let me see that and we'll talk to you after we won't do anything strange we'll just come to you one-on-one -on -one and talk to you about membership amen all right well um come on saints let's pray together we're going to pray with the believers that ask for it come on say this with me heavenly father i come to receive jesus as my lord and savior come into my heart lord jesus i believe god raised you from the dead just for me thank you for receiving me into your royal family. Heavenly Father, your word tells me that if I believe in Jesus Christ, that I'm born of you, God, and you have given me the victory that I need in every situation, and that victory is the faith that you have given me. I believe I can overcome because I believe that Jesus is your son. I purpose today to unleash increase in my life through faith. I thank you for it. I praise you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and praise God right there. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Lady Nedra is going to give you some announcements and we'll be done. Good afternoon, church. I just want to see if there are any visitors, first-time visitors here to Destiny Generation Church. 
Would you please stand? First time visitors to Destiny Generation Church. Hallelujah. Let's welcome our visitors today. We thank you on behalf of Pastor David Johnson and myself, Lady Nedra Johnson, welcome you to Destiny Generation Church. Please do not make this your last time visiting with us. If the word was there for you and you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to be, unite with us and become a member of Destiny Generation. But if you have a church home, we just accept you anytime you are available to come worship with us. We thank you for standing and you may be seated. Amen. And our ushers will have a, a memento for you of our of your visit here today at Destiny Generation Church. If not, we're ready for our destiny announcements. Well, the next session of our foundations class will begin in September. If you were not able to attend the last session, you can do so in this time, uh, which will be in September. The cost for the books are $20. And we will be having our Tuesday night empowerment Bible study here in the sanctuary. If you cannot join us live here in the sanctuary, please tune in live on Facebook. If you haven't liked our Facebook page, Please plan to do so, and you will be notified whenever we go live. Our next announcement, there will be a citywide Church of God revival taking place October the 17th through the 20th. It will be held at Metropolitan Church of God located in Detroit, and the address is listed. And then our next announcement, um, Minister Eva Jared is asking for the Women of Destiny to meet following service next Sunday. One of the topics we'll be covering is the finalization of our baby shower plans for Castlin Overton. And so we're just asking all the women to come out and be prepared to stay following service next Sunday. And then we also just want to thank all of those who came out to our destiny forward conference yesterday if you were not here did anyone see it live on facebook or live on twitter no one saw it on twitter or uh, instagram or youtube did you get to see our services well we just uh so blessed we just thank uh, minister leo robinson and our own minister john davis and pastor david johnson uh, we just want to thank our media team and our ushers and greeters and our food committee for all that they did to make our conference a success. We're looking for bigger and better things at our next one, so just stay tuned. And uh, upcoming in October, you'll see an announcement coming up. We'll be having our honor the gift for our pastor. So stay tuned and be prayerful as we move forward through our rest of our events planned for this year. And we just want each and every one of you to to continue to sow like you've been sowing and continue to invite people here to the Destiny Generation Church. We're expecting this ch church to be filled because we're gonna be out in our community witnessing for those to come in, those who don't have a church home. There are so many people out there who do not know Christ, who've never been in a church. 
So it's up to us to be the extension of God as his ambassadors to bring them in. So we just.